Talking brown sugar came back with 28. Talking brown sugar came back with 28. Last episode, we talked about friendships, how to save them. Like a save the date. Woo, woo. We've been a little hiatus. Now we're ready with greatness. Sugar keeps us news. Sugar bold us random. Get hit by a choice. Gang, gang. Stay tuned. We got no room for hate. Show us the love, Facebook and Twitter, Instagram if you're bougie. I'm Roger the daughter. I'm Angela the mom. And this is Talking Brown Sugar. We're in the sugar bowl with some random thoughts. What's up, mom? What you got for me? It's hot on these streets. You ever thought about panhandling? Uh, excuse me? Panhandling. I be seeing these people on different places here, around there, different states, with these little signs. They're making a good income. I hope they are. Because I guess when push comes to shove, you got to do what you got to do, but time's getting rough out here in these streets. Yeah, um, I don't think that a um, majority of people who panhandle panhandle by choice. I really hope that they're not just using it and just collecting money freely, but I hope they're using it for the resources to, to live for the economic needs. I, I, I'm holding out on faith that they are. I'm, I'm sure more often than not. Because um, I seen an incident yesterday. Someone was trying to give someone some money and they was in a wheelchair. And the money kind of flew. And the man got mad because he couldn't reach the money. And the person that was driving was like, well, there go your blessing. And I was like, whoa. That is very unfortunate. But, yep, that's not panhandle news. Going bowling. Y'all ever think when you're going bowling, if you don't have your own shoes, do they really sanitize those shoes real good? And you come home with athletic feet? I, I don't. That's why I wear socks. I wear socks, too. But sometimes you might have to wear a pair of socks and throw those in the trash. I, you know, you just have to be safe and think now because people are now so reckless. You know, they got all these different funguses and stuff. I hope they're using the best disinfectant when they, you know, taking care of someone's shoes as a customer. And they're not saying, I'm mad at my balls. I ain't spraying none of these daggone shoes. Everybody going to get fit fungus. Well, I guess they spray them or they don't. It's just, you know, foot foot be going number five. Girl, that's scary right there. <laughs> um, it finally happened to me. We see all those memes on social media where people are talking about how they get uh, a text from a random person and it turns out to be a friendship. I kind of got a little taste of it. Um, someone asked me when I was coming over, hope they, hope they were able to see me during a cookout. And I was like, who is this? Didn't know the number. And the area code wasn't, um, local, but they were like, yeah, it's so-and-so. And, um, bring, just, you don't have to bring anything. Just come by. I said, who is this? (laughs) And they told me who it was. And I said, well, I do have an aunt by that name but I didn't know if it was that aunt so I was like what 
send me a picture. And they sent a picture. And it was not family at all. It was not family. I said, oh, you have the wrong number. I said, if I could bring a bag of ice. <laughs> and she said, come on by. And then she told me and she was in another state. So I almost got invited to a cookout and made some new family. But it was funny. Next time. Maybe next time it happens. But I thought that was funny. I was ready to go to the picnic and family and be a, a crasher. It's always good to have some good fellowship. Sugar Cubes, a.k.a. the news, where we put a little sugar in your cup. Pennsylvania couple spent $120,000. Who's in fault? The teller or them? They notified the female and let her know that um, you took this money she made arrangements this is what got the people in trouble they went and bought a SUV two four wheelers paid off some bills gave one friend $1500 so now they're um, arresting them and saying it's a felony why because she made arrangements to pay this money back and she didn't. She didn't follow through. So the police have the couple in jail. Going on to my next thing. Sniper House is in California. Deputy tore his shirt up, said somebody was shooting, and it was a sniper. And it wasn't. False news. He told the police that he wanted attention. He's arrested. Here's something that's hitting home uh, in black America, North Carolina. Homeowner is handcuffed in his own home by someone saying that there's a black male on someone's property. The police come. He's telling them that it's him. Come to find out his guest tripped his um, security alarm. The police was talking to him, understanding what he was saying. Then they called for backup, which was the property owner's own security. They found out that this man does own this property, and they were still talking to him with handcuffs. What do you think about that? Um, I heard about this story. Um, yet another time in the news where we see black people being policed for being, just being, and doing things. Um just it's just a hostile environment and people need to take a second and think before their first response is to call 911 if there is no immediate danger take a second maybe ask a couple of questions and go from there but we know that it's profiling and a byproduct of racism using the police as your own uh weapon of that hate. Yeah, and they tried to um, contact the homeowner for questions, but he declined. Blocked by ICE. This was a real number that was on the show Orange to the New Black. People were using this number to let their family members know that they can get assistance for um, being being. Yes, for being entertained for the 
immigration status. Thank you, Raja. And people didn't believe it was a real number. So when ICE found out about it, they started blocking the number. Can you believe that? Y'all smart. So, going on with that note, I think uh, when people are seeing these people going through all this stuff and this immigration, you got the children and you got people protesting. Come on, we got to help each other out. It's about living. We People been coming over here. It's more than just immigration rights for anybody can be an immigrant. If people look in their back history, we all come from somewhere. Yeah, I saw the episode. Um, those, I feel like this uh, season was better, but um, they definitely made uh, some broke my heart with a couple of the last episodes we were talking about the immigration uh in this country and they had like a mom being separated from her kids uh it was just yeah her story and it you know this is actually happening um we've talked about it on the show here but um how hard it is for parents to be ripped from their children and then so abruptly that they don't have time to prepare the children for whatever they may face here without their parent um, once they go into the system. And, yeah, just the mom's monologue is something I think a lot of people need to see because it's what really happens. Um, Yeah. But I think it sucks, too, on um, ISIS part that they... uh, made motions to get that number blocked i see if like resources were like overextended which i'm sure they are but yeah i don't know too much of that particular story to um have a full opinion right now yeah that was it they just blocked it they didn't want nobody to know that that was a real number they got caught and they was like what the series did that yes they did smart good move to me because I, I want everybody to be safe, and and it's, 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 it's nothing that's free. We know that, but there's a whole lot of underground stuff that goes on that we will never know about, and it's out here in the U.S. of A. In other news, um, blind man invents smart cane that uses Google Maps and sensors to identify one surrounding. Uh, the electronic walking stick is revolutionizing the way blind people can navigate the world as a means of protecting people from low-hanging objects and obstacles above chest level we walk smart cane uses ultrasonic sensors to warn the use of nearby hindrances through vibrations in the handle the cane can be paired with a smartphone bluetooth system for easy control since it's also integrated with voice assistance and google maps software it can use built-in speakers to inform the use of of nearby stores and infrastructural details they may not be able to see we walk ceo and co-founder chris salen who is also blind to cnn that he helped to develop the cane out of desire to use modern technology as a tool for the visually impaired in these days, we are talking about flying cars, but these people have been just using a plain stick, he told the news outlet. As a blind person, when I'm not at the metro station, I don't know which is my exit. I don't know which bus is approaching, which stores are around me, the kind of information that can be provided with WeWalk. 
We Walk is currently being sold for $500 a pop as the Turkish tech startup gains more traction than the developers hope to eventually pair it with ride-sharing apps and transportation services to further improve navigational abilities. That's interesting. Um, definitely a needed resource. Um, as I um, start to read and learn more, I try to think to more of um, accessibility for everybody else. Um, just even for myself as well, but thinking um, that's something you don't think about. Even though I'm visually impaired, I still am seeing. So I think that's interesting um, and something that is needed. We do talk about, you know, these far off next otherworldly technologies when there are a lot of things we can improve in the world today for people who need them. Um, so not only is that like a bunch of business opportunities out there, it's just um, being able to find a solution to a lot of regular everyday problems we have now because we have a lot of them. Um, but there, it's it's nice to see that there's still people who are out here who care who are working on ways to help people and sometimes you know the old adage is if you don't see it a way make a way for yourself to be happy successful whatever it is and that's what he did with we walk go get you one if you need it um we've been going for a minute um so I want to talk about this article a little bit um, with some thought given to other current events that have gone on since we've um, been offline a little bit. Um, but the article um, says black people don't need to be twice as good. And it says unpacking the communal depression of watching Serena lose. Um, before I get into the article... You know, sometimes we base a lot of things off of the title. You think, well, yes, Serena may have lost, but we um, saw other young black women rise in the ranks. Um, and that touching story between the two young women who shared their winning interview. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to preface that with that. Um, but it says, as far as I can tell, no one really knows who started that black people have to work twice as hard and be twice as good to be successful as white people. I like to think that this great mass of ancestors came up with the old adage apart, but simultaneously a testament to the universal universality of our struggle and the powerful connectedness that becomes the black experience. I don't ask that. I don't ask this anti-black world for much, so I'd also like to think that the very least the adage is true, that getting even the four hundred, even on the four hundred years of slavery, and its progeny is an example, is a simple math equation involving nothing more than putting in the work. But I've worked twice as hard and have been twice as good, and even that has rarely been enough. Even still, there's always more to prove, and so I find myself always trying to prove it. Working obscene hours to get my career off the ground, never being satisfied with what I achieve, always needing more and more and more. The expectation is many times as damaging as it is exhausting. But after hearing it repeated ad nauseum throughout my entire life, work twice as hard, and its implications are almost impossible to read from my mind for better or for worse.
Um, and then they go on to talk about how um, seeing Serena lose and just her whole legacy of her, you know, having to train, how her training schedule compares to other people, but how she's also been able to dominate um, with her number of women, winnings um, and how it made them feel with um, that old adage. It says, on the flip side of this pride is the shame of judgment we cast upon ourselves when we don't utilize this relatively simple answer, both consciously and subconsciously. All we have to do is work twice as hard. We can do that. We have done that. The last 400 years is proof of that. Then why aren't we successful? Why do they still hate us, beat us? We must not be working hard enough. And then they go on to say, yes, black people are divine, but we have our faults too. Our strength and perseverance should not be expected always and indefinitely. We deserve to F up, to be weak, to lose, and to still claim success. To not be dragged down into depression when we come up short. White supremacy needs us to believe that losing in the face of all that is stacked against us is a moral failing so that it never takes uh, responsibility for slacking the decks. For stacking the decks. And so we need to stay assured of ourselves when we have already demonstrated greatness despite any loss that is sure to come. So I took this as a good good reminder for us individually, by people and people of color individually, um, to think. um, And as collectively that even though you fail at something, you come up short, that you have been working hard take note of um the successes you have but don't let whatever you failed at whatever you came up short on be the end all be all something that you spend so much time lamenting over take some time deal with the setback but come back as you need to take care of yourself of course but we do i feel like beat ourselves up a lot individually and collectively when we aren't working twice as hard or working so hard and um like we think about chicken gate as everybody know with um Popeye's chicken sandwich and how black people made it a popular um product as we do with almost anything um anything that comes out of black twitter black culture Anytime we put our hands on it, it becomes popular, mainstream, monetized, and we don't often see black people reaping too many of the benefits. Um, but in people's enjoyment of the sandwich, um, there was a lot of pushback within the community that people needed to go vote. Example being like Janelle Monet saying we need to put voting booths outside of the lines at Popeye's. I did a little experiment on my Facebook page and I posted, I reposted a post uh, with the quote saying, those voter lines better be as long as the Popeye's lines. With no context, I didn't add any of my own language. I didn't add an emoji or anything to signify how I felt about it or what, and give a context to my thoughts or response to it. Had a couple likes, had a couple hearts. Um, but my college professor, she commented on it challenging, like challenging the notion um, in the text. She's white. 
she's great sociology she was the only person to challenge that thought to basically in defense of black people in the community and um what that kind of quote signifies the quote being um those voting lines should be as long as the Popeye's line saying like black people got time to do everything but what they should be doing kind of things like that but um she was saying well maybe we could sell she was like jokingly but also saying well maybe we could have Popeye's at the voting lines um to get more people out um and so it was just like me and her going back and forth joking and then she posted as well um the same article I shared after about the young man in North Carolina who was registering people to vote at the Popeyes in the line. Um, just to, as, as to say, like, um, we are aware that uh, black people can't eat chicken and do all the kind of civic things that we are responsible for. Everybody in this country is supposed to be constitutionally responsible for. We are capable of, like they say, chewing gum and walking at the same time. Um, and so I know, too, just like um, when we post those kinds of things um, on social media, we can give our own feedback or whatever. I didn't give my own, my feedback at the time, um, but I haven't in a while, so I'm going to start doing more with my opinion on posts and things like that. But that just goes to say that every time black people try to collectively enjoy something, we are always reminded of what we could or should be doing. Um, and it's like, chill out. I know on the show we always talk about going to vote. I'm talking to Indy and everybody who has registered, who has not registered. I'm telling everybody to vote. I don't care who you are, where you come from. When we say go vote, we're talking to everybody. 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 So it was just, it's this. I bring this article up about working twice as hard. Black people shouldn't always have to be working twice as hard what comes with i think equality equity is the ability for people of color to be mediocre and comfortable not like we have the opportunity to be so not that we have to be but we have the opportunity to do whatever we want because people in other groups do crazy things have fun enjoy things too and we're not always like we all should be actually protesting trump you should be you know, at the Trump Tower, when instead of joining all these pumpkin spice lattes, y'all should be doing X, Y, Z. Nobody's doing that. Nobody's saying, well, y'all trying to raid Area 51, which y'all should be doing. No, a lot of people aren't doing that. Well, some people are. I did see it. But it definitely happens all the time when black people are trying to celebrate Anything. something. And we do it to ourselves. We self-police in that way. So just back off. Give people, black people a break. Give people a color break. We are working hard. We see you. And we aren't uh, reaping the same benefits because the system isn't fair and just the way it's publicized. That's all I had to say on that. What do you have to say about that? I mean, you know, like, like you said, we have been gone for a little bit. But, you know, you have to make yourself a priority. You, you know, you, you can't pour from an empty cup. You got to be self-awareness of yourself, you know. And every time Serena or 
anybody just come out of concept, y'all can people just dig up stuff. Like you said, light let's lighten up. You know, everybody got these million dollar mindsets, but you gotta have a million dollar goal to get where you at. And sometimes your people can downplay your goals. You know, we gotta we gotta keep each other pumped up. You know, spiced up. Yeah, I, I agree. The only way we can make the kind of changes we need to make for us as a people is if we do it together. So we need to combat all of what super white supremacy has put uh, into us and how we've operated. It's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. And we have some people on the other side who look like us. But if enough of us get together, get on the same page. Don't be scared. We can do that. Come out with a force. And speaking of voting, um, last article, more people are voting, but 1,688 polling places have closed in six years. So we need to take note of how hard it is to vote in general. And this is just for regular people who, I'm talking about like a regular citizen no criminal background. Like, it's already hard for just regular people to vote. I'm not saying it should be harder for people with a criminal history, especially um, if you've already paid your debt to society via the time you spent that you were charged with. Uh, but voters came out in record numbers for the 2018 midterms, and analysts with both parties predict turnout for 2020 election could be unprecedented. Meanwhile, civil rights groups are warning an epidemic of polling place closures has swept 13 states, including several southern states, with deep histories of racial voter suppression. In North Carolina alone, we all know about what? Gerrymandering. Um, and different things coming up where, you know, they're telling people you have to pay this extra price to get a specific voting ID. All these other crazy things to keep people from voting or to make the route to go vote more difficult. Civil rights groups say the mass shuttering of polling places can make it harder for rural voters, voters with disabilities, lower income voters, and people of color to access the ballot next year. In the six years since the Supreme Court gutted a crucial section of the Voting Rights Act, making it easier to shut down polling places, local election officials in 13 states have closed 1,688 polling places, according to the new report from the Leadership Conference Education Fund, LCEF. Most of the closures occurred after 2014 midterm elections. In 2018, when midterm elections voted turnout reached a record high there were 1,173 fewer polling places in these states than there were just four years earlier our elections officials are supposed to defend and protect our democracy said sean young legal director of aclu georgia during a call with reporters this week instead many have been aggressively pushing polling closures in communities of color with phony pretexts the LCEF report largely focuses on nine states and jurisdictions and others that were covered by the preclearance section of the voting rights acts because histories of voter discrimination in some cases dating back to days of Jim Crow. Until the Supreme Court threw out the preclearance section in 2013, decision in Shelby v. Holder, local election officials in the jurisdictions were required to notify voters of any planned polling closures well ahead of time and to prove federal overseers 
in the Justice Department that any voting changes would not discriminate against voters of color. Of the 757 counties studied in the report, 39% had reduced the number of polling places available to voters since 2012. The fallout of the Shelby decision was immediate. Republican lawmakers in Texas, North Carolina, and other states across the country quickly moved to implement new restrictions on voting, including controversial voter ID laws, curbs on early voting, um, new restrictions on voter, voter registration, and poll purges of voter roles and racial gerrymandering. Federal judges have since ruled no less than 10 times that major changes in Texas, North Carolina, and other states intentionally discriminated against black and brown voters, according to reports. This is trash. Just trash. Um, the direction we're going as a country. Um, yeah. Uh, the fact that there are fewer voter places, I mean, longer lines, and, you know, people, we don't really have Remember, we used to get a day off to vote. Used to. We don't do that anymore. I was excited about that as a child, thinking about getting a day off to go vote. It does not take because I knew it as a short process when we went to vote. With you, it was two seconds in line. Boop, bop, bip. You got the rest of the day to yourself. I was excited for a day off yeah, as a child. We were planning things on that day. We planned thing. It was a whole thing. You go vote. And you go out and go have fun at the mall, wherever it's park. We going out. We celebrate yeah. and we voted. Because that time, you know, I'm working all the time and the weekends were fine. But that gave you a time for me to reflect and tell my kids, this must be done. When you get 18, register to vote. Because now they're looking at these new IDs with the stars on them. So if you don't have that ID, you can't get in any federal places. But to me, everything has a little undercut you know, they keep coming up with these plans and they're not working. And they're suffocating people. They they just don't understand it. No, it's it's targeted. It's you calculated. Know, they understand yeah. it. You mean the like voters. The we, voters, like, yeah. the, like the older voters and people in rural areas don't have contact or hear it every day to remind them. Or is in their face like, oh, yeah, I need to update this. And you got senior citizens who might not have a family member. Nobody's updating them. They might hear whispers in the hallways, but they'd be like, what? What happened? And then it goes right by. falls by the wayside. Then you got a, list, a, a number that you could have used for a vote to make something count. Like you say, it's for everybody. Anybody. You got to get out there and vote. And right now, it's very crucial. Yes, it's imperative. We all make sure our information is updated. Um, I think Charlotte just voted. But I know we have some um, voting coming up next month. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, check your calendars, go online, do a quick Google search to find the next voting place in your area. Make sure you're ready and you have a plan. Yeah. Full Street Wings is a full-service catering company and food truck that operates all over North Carolina. However, we traveled around states for events as well. We offer several of service options, including meal prep, on-site cooking, private chef, buffet, brunch, cooking classes, platters, appetizers, gluten-free, vegetarian, and vegan options, and food truck. Don't let the name fool you. We do it all. Visit FullStreetWings.com. Find them on Twitter at FullStreetWings. They're also on Instagram, FullStreetWings, and Facebook, FullStreetWings.
Want us to promote your business in the next Sweet Deets? Mention, email us, TalkingBrownSugar. Want us to promote your business in our next Sweet Deets mention? Email us, TalkingBrown.Sugar at gmail.com with the subject line, Business Feature, with a few sentences about your business product or service there's room for everyone to eat always where to find us online facebook and instagram at talking brown sugar twitter at talking brown sugar email talking brown dot sugar at gmail dot com wellness check having an emergency kit is crucial just want to remind everybody to make sure they have their emergency kit with increased global warming, we cannot entirely predict what the weather may bring, whether that be a hurricane, snowstorm, all of that. Um, we've seen the devastating effects, and we do not know how this administration will handle any kind of assistance. So have your emergency kit. Have um, Google. Amazon has some nice kits for sale, but you can Google how to put your own together. Easily go to the dollar store, get a waterproof bag, candles, uh, band-aids, flashlight, batteries, and stash some money away. Uh, Dry goods, non-perishable items are best. Um, If you're going to go with cans, make sure you got a can opener. Um... And also a way to, like a bowl or something that can withstand heat so you can boil water. Or do the neat neat trick from Zoom where you get a bowl, some plastic wrap, and a rock and can boil the water with the sun. You need a cup too. But look that up, how to, you know, some survival things, how to stay warm with newspaper, all those kind of different things you may need in case of emergency. Just stay prepared. main discussion time today we'll be talking about habits and traits we've either picked up from family members friends experiences or just you know trying to figure out if that's just something weird we do as an individual um so let's start first with cleaning habits my cleaning habits they came from my mom you know because Early in the morning, Saturday morning, you know, if you want to see that good old cartoon or your soul train, you better have your tail up, not playing around, not half sweeping that up on no mat, because she would check. And plus, when I used to come down to Durham, in the summer as a child, my grandmother had was cleaning, wiping windows. People don't do that no more. Wipe a window for what? You better spray it. No, the shoe. Vinegar <laughs> and water. And Shaking out rugs and hanging out clothes on the clothesline and what? Snapping beans? Uh-uh. We had to clean. Not no play-play cleaning either. We ain't had no swiffer wipes. We ain't have a, the vacuum cleaner that you set with a remote with the, you know, you could make the distance in the living room Zoom. to the kitchen. Zoom. 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 <laughs> nah. What about you? Because you 
tried to get us on the Saturday morning train with your loud music, I learned how to sleep in to loud music and clean when I got up. Um, I also learned how to clean um, while living uh, with others and living on my own for a bit. Um, I don't know what it is about coming home to a clean house, but that right there was my motivation for keeping my spot clean. Um, it just feels nice. You come home from a long day of whatever, work, having fun, eat, whatever you were doing. You come home, your house is clean, your bed is made, you just collapse, or you just, you know, want to hop right into the shower. It just smells fresh. Oh, it's just, uh, that's my motivation, and it has been. It's a mental thing. Because I've been over, you know, you don't try to compare, but sometimes you have been over friends or family, and you see that same spot on that refrigerator door. And sometimes you me curious. Sorry, you know, I get a little call from wiping off like that ain't clean this up. So I said it's not my choice to do it, but you just be thinking. You are so nice. I'm the type of guest. I see something. You don't see it, I don't see it. If it's too crazy, that'll be my last time. But I appreciate you for inviting me over. Thanks. Yeah, I just don't come back. How about handling confrontation? <laughs> I got that from my granddaddy. Because he had some little things he would like to do. A little a little shady business. How do you handle confrontation? Well, he would just hit it straight on the head. It's best just to defuse that problem or the trouble or whatever you see. Don't just keep pushing it around and letting people just say things to you and get in the way with it and you hear it. It's best just to let it go. Yeah, he used to tell us all the time, don't even beat around the bush. Don't beat around the bush. And I'm like, all right. That's right. Don't beat around the bush because if somebody say something slick the first time and get away with it, they're going to try to put their hands on you the next time. You have to let them know, look, what you say? Oh, okay. But, but, bing, bing. No guns, no guns. No guns, baby. Um, for me, um, handling confrontation, I learned with my brother's. And going to school, um, and that was the difference for me of being diplomatic and saving my own butt. At home, sometimes it was, you know, if nobody tells, everybody getting beat. Or, <laughs> I know who did it, just tell me. And so, you got to choose, you know. It's going to love you, but you got to choose. And then at school, it was more of... Um, how much does this teacher like me? Um, I was a good student, but also when it came to came to bullies, I was I was um, really skilled at sneaking and tagging people without the teacher noticing. If they if somebody was bothering me, I will always be nice at first. Like, okay, stop. All right, leave me alone. I'll tell. But before I tell, what they didn't know is <laughs> I would tag you at some point. Snack time. We about to play kitchen. We'll cut you with this play knife real quick. Get you a little ashy on your arm. You know, stuff like that. But that's, you know, how I learned how to handle conversation. Um, so the way I handle conversation, I know it depends on what the situation calls for. But um, I'll handle it as needed. Yeah, because, you know, when you're in confrontation, sometimes you don't have 
a brother, a sister, or a sibling, or like when you're in your job, you have to think, like, how far do we have to go with this? And then pull the person aside. What are you trying to prove? And then sometimes they don't know, because once you pull them out of their little group, they lose all sight of words. And money. Well, learning about money, I learned from my grandmother. She would have that changed purse, you know, a little black one. Or she'll have a little napkin. People don't even have those anymore. A napkin? Yeah. What kind of material? Paper? It was a handkerchief, but... A handkerchief, so cloth, like a cloth. Yes. Oh. Mm-hmm, cotton, some with cute little doilies on it, little flowers. She would have that big money pent somewhere else in her clothes. But she would get, she would mysteriously move out of a room and then come back if she if you asked her for some money. <laughs> you never saw where it, like, really came from just, you know, like, change, a dollar. She would just pull it out of the bra, like, whoop, here it is. Or, you know, that house dress that covered up the good clothes. I was like, come on, girl. And, you know, my granddaddy, he would do something like that, too. He would step out of the room, too. But he was so frugal. He never, you never give, you never had change to keep. Grandma, you might have some quarters or something to keep. My granddad, he ain't never had no change. He'd be wanting every cent back. He'd count something. He'd say, how much that cost? Don't I, the don't I get $3 back? You thought you were going to keep my money. You got to work for that. I'd be like, dang. Okay. That reminds me of the episode um, of Fresh Prince where he hid some money. And he was like, all right, turn around. I'm about to get my money. And he tapped different things around the room so they would be confused. See, that sounds like... <laughs> I'd rather just put it up because if I hide it, I might forget where I put it. Yeah, I'm still learning the power of my dollar um, and the difference between, like, spending money to make money or um, saving for retirement and investing, so all those different things. Um, but I'm definitely, like, learning from family stories I've heard and things you've told me. Um, what about smell goods? Smell goods, like scents and fragrances that you wear. Do you have, you have a signature scent? I do. I like raspberry scents. I don't like floral, roses, and lilies. That's never been me. For yourself or for a room? For my, for my room. For my aromatherapy. Or when people walk into my house. I like a certain smell. What about your, your, for your, like for yourself, your personal signature oh i like coconut and watery aqua like fresh lemongrass but i get i think i picked that up from my aunt patricia because i found out like um i guess when i was about in my early 20s i would smell her house and say gosh this smells so good and when i came back home i said we got the same fragrance and i I said well maybe i was just in, in my head but Every time I would go back to the house, me and her have the same fragrances or the same kind of things. And she likes the Yanka Candle plug-ins. I'm not too good with plug-ins. It's just not my thing. But, like, oils, good oils, not no stuff you just find at the mall, but things that are really healthy for your lungs and your environment. Because I think sometimes when you come home, you got to detox your mind and leave that stuff outside because it's not a good Kind of a good combination. Yeah, I agree with um, picking smells for different rooms or just aromatherapy in general. Um, I 
for my personal fragrance, like um, blush scents, since it smells like a blush of this and a hint of a flower. Um, anything that smells like fruity, fresh, clean scents. Um, for a room, I like the smell of um, like clean linen and a tropical something oceany but yeah um i know for me a lot my i'm real sensitive to smells if i smell something that smells familiar it'll take me back to a memory and i know your oil factory it's a huge number of something that smells we can remember oh wow i don't remember the exact number but i was reading um some article about it's a huge number it's a huge number of smells we can remember um, cinnabar. That, that was my mom's favorite. And Cinnabar? I, cinnabar is a tree. You know them trees, them green trees people put in their cars? But this one was like a pink, and then only it said cinnabar. Never in a cinnabar. And when, every time I smell it, you don't see it frequently, but I think you can order it. And every time I would smell it, it would just take me back. Like, ah. <sighs> All right. Yeah. Music. Boom, 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 boom. What, are you, what kind of music taste do you think you have? Or I think that's a variety of my family on my mom's side. Everybody loves music. On but, my mom's side. Mm-hmm. Everybody likes all kind of music. And I was always raised with some kind of music going on. Marvin Gaye, Mahalia Jackson, the Mississippi Mass Choir, Aretha Franklin, the Four Tops, Jackson 5. And, hey, for me too. I like Luther Vandross. That's one of my signature sounds when I'm really cooking. It gives me in a good mood. Cheers, then, and then I like um, Parliament, Funkadelic. Hey, you name it. I listen to anything. Shania Twain. Shania. Shania. Yeah, Shania. Shania. I don't even know her name anymore because you always say it wrong. I don't know her name. What's her name? What is her name, you guys? Somebody tell us. Help me out. Help a sister out. You know, I listen to everything. You name it. What's your song? Oh, and I like reggae. I like some reggae. And sometimes I like some Indian beats, like Native American. Indian, no, I'm talking like Indian from India. Tribal. Tribal, yeah. You mean India, the country. And then you said Native American? Native American, mm-hmm. Okay. The different melodies. Got that, you. Right. Sometimes those I want to hear the drums. Those two different. And I want to hear the, yes, I okay. love it. I listen to all kinds of music, and I feel like because I learned music at a young age, um, I have appreciation for the different instruments and different chords, melodies, um, timing when different beats drop or how people blend, um, like, uh, clips from movies or clips from, I like, um, some songs now where they blend in clips from, like, viral videos. There's a song, I think it's called Sugar Mama. Where they blend in a clip from Rennie, if you all know who I'm talking about. It's a good song. He's like, AJ, nothing but a number. It's a good song. Listen to it. Um, we'll tag it in the show notes, along with all the other things we want you all to know from this episode. But um, yeah, I listen to all kind of music. Um, I like classical music sometimes, a little jazz, a little rock. 
hip hop, rap, R and B. Uh, anything that I can move to is nice too. So Afro beat, soca, all kind of music. I'm down with it as long as it sounds good to me. You got that right. That's New Orleans Jersey bounce. Ooh, yes. New Orleans bounce Jersey house music. Maybe. Like Chance Rapper has some good songs. He does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's got some new things coming out. It makes you feel good. Makeup. This goes out to my grandma. This goes out to my mom, Jella May. She would use that stuff called what? Press powder. I was so fascinated as a little kid. When I would open it up and had the mirror, she would leave me like a little corner, but it wouldn't be much or nothing. And I called myself, put me some pressed powder on. And her favorite was Maybelline. Maybe it's Maybelline. Yeah. We would go to Macy's and different places. And she would always put the best stuff on her skin. And she really didn't need it. She didn't really need it. That's funny. I still use Maybelline. And I do, too. Isn't that crazy? Wow. I mean, I've tried MAC, and I've tried different brands, but some things just don't work with me. And they always say they don't have talc in it. Sometimes when I have talc, and I take it off, I have, like, little prickles on my face, like little bumps. We have yet to try Fenty, so that's coming. You hear that, girl? We're going to do that, honey bunch. But, yeah, um, I like makeup. I, 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 most of my wear is when I'm going out. Sometimes I can't tell. Every time I try to get you to get a little dolled up, I don't want to wear makeup. I don't need makeup. What do you say? Beat your face? Yeah. I, I, I am almost always wearing makeup, but I always do a natural look. So it's like the least amount of makeup for everyday look. And then when I'm going to get fancy, I'll beat my face. Thank you, thank you. Mm-hmm. You supposed to say that? Um, <laughs> I feel like I I don't know. I just wanted to wear makeup because you've been wanting to wear it for a long time. Yeah, I I've been wanting to wear it for a long time. As soon as I learned how to do it, that was it. I don't know anybody on either side of the family who really wore makeup. No, I think this is your natural art. Yeah, because I could definitely give some tips to some people. But you know this this is life. No, I'm not talking about you. I'm gonna get mad because I draw my eyeliner on one. Might be bigger than the other. I'm just saying if you if you just I can just tell you you just have to pull back. You can use tape. I can. We'll talk about that later. Family gatherings. Um, do you enjoy going to family gatherings, or how do you behave and where do you get that from? I used to like family gatherings when I was younger. You ain't had no other daggone choice but to go. But um, it used to always be fun. But now it seems like it's tedious. My mom's side of the family would have a lot of family gatherings. And we would have fun. We really would. But now, you know, hey, when I was little, I, I, I think I know why I don't like them. Because when people used to come to my house, my cousins ain't supposed to help me clean up. Next time everybody going out the door saying bye, I'm stuck with the dishes. I was too silly to say, come on, y'all, let's clean up. I'm so busy playing and enjoying myself. The mom said, don't forget, you got to wash some dishes. I'd be like, what? And you know what? We had a dishwasher, but it was funny looking. But we never really used it. We never really used it. How you feel about family gatherings? No, let's rewind the two seconds. That's why we don't use a dishwasher. I have never really cared to use a dishwasher. Um, 
because I was brought up on only hand washing dishes. Whenever we had a dishwasher, whenever I had a dishwasher, wherever I lived, I just didn't. But family gatherings. Um, <laughs> they don't clean dishes anyway. Okay. Um, family gatherings are now, sadly, not a thing often in our family. Um Back in the day, I used to like them, and I didn't like them. I liked them because it was fun to see everybody. My cousins would go cut up, run, be crazy, have fun. You know, there was good food. And it was just nice to have everybody in one spot to chit-chat. But um, I think my least favorite thing was people walking up to me, asking me if I remember them. Um... Because they knew me when I was, you know, knee-high to a grasshopper or just a little baby. And I still look the same. And I'm so-and-so. And I just, you just, at some point, you just start nodding. Mm-hmm, yeah. I don't remember you. And people would be upset when you said, no, I don't remember you. What am I supposed to, you really want me to lie and say I remember you? And then we have a conversation about a cousin that I didn't know was your child. No, we don't need to do all that. But yeah, cooking I got from you and watching my grandma watch her cook so I knew what I liked, kind of, sort of, watching you cook. So going back and forth between those different styles and learning how to not measure. So like just do things by, you know, feel and taste. And I like the joke where it said, um, black people don't see season <laughs> stuff. They just do things and wait for the ancestors to say, that's enough, baby. That's how I take it. But I do, I do know how to measure if I needed to tell yeah. someone. But if you do it so much and it's a family recipe, you know what you're doing. But I, reason I've learned how to cook because my grandma would sit us in the kitchen you gonna learn how to cook. Each age, you will learn different parts of whatever, and you be like, "Oh, that's how that turns out." And you be like, "No wonder why you be telling people, well, if you didn't bring nothing over here to cook, don't expect to eat at my table." And then sometimes, you know, on Sunday, everybody eats on Sunday. So I learned how to cook like that. Have some love in it. Do you have any weird quirks or things that you like? Yes. When I was in New York, we used to pass by the dry cleaners, and they would have this weird smell, and I would walk backwards to smell it. It smelled so good to me. Starch? No, it was like a perk. It was a cleaning product they used. I I guess I was smelling stuff to the brain. I didn't know what I was doing, but it won't huffing. Trust me. (laughs) But anyway, uh, in the freezer, we had an old freezer, and that's the one you had to put this hot thing in to the um defrost it and we would scrape the cup to make ices. And my mom would get so mad like y'all don't kill y'all crazy selves. What is y'all doing in there? We just be scraping it. Ices. We would just <laughs> we, we would scrape the top so much that top would be clean. No flavor. Just ice. No, we would pour like soda. Oh okay. But it was crushed ice. That's not crushed ice, but I get But it, it smells so good in that freezer. <laughs> we just be scraping that right I'm glad you, you made it to make me. <laughs> oh, that was a... I, I don't mean to harm I think that was a different type of ice water going on when that building. But I would never do that now. 
Um, I think the weirdest thing I do is crack my knuckles and my bones and stuff. I be cracking, like twisting and stuff to move the crack. But I got it from my older brother. Oh, Our brothers, my brothers and I, we used to do that a lot. And now it's just a thing. It's just a, it's just a thing. I don't have, I don't think I have any weird smells that I really like. Um, but I do like the dry cleaning scent as well. Like passing my laundromat or just like washing clothes. Mm -hmm. Such a good smell. Yeah, that was that. That was my weirdest one. Yeah, I do like. It's not a weird smell, but I love fresh popcorn when it's being popped. Like you, somewhere you be hungry, you smell that popcorn. You like, whoo! And them Jelly Belly popcorn popcorn flavor. That's disgusting. That is some good stuff. Disgusting. Coming to get you. I hope they bring some some something good. <laughs> but this has been another episode of Talking Brown Sugar. Uh, we just wanted to have a quick conversation about you know tracing back where you get some quirks from, why yeah. you do the way, do things the way you do. Um, what are some things you guys pass down or have passed down to either? Your kids or things you've noticed you've passed, your parents have passed down to you, and vice versa. Yeah, just take a reflection back and think, why do I do that? I know I get that from, it might be from a friend. You know, we all pick up some little things from people, and some habits are good habits. And some habits are bad to don't return. Remember to share the show with your family, friends, and leave us comments. Uh, wherever you listen to the show, any feedback if you have it. Um, also, leave us five-star reviews yes. where you can on the different platforms. And let us know you're listening. You can hit us up on social media, email us, um, all kinds of things. Until then, I'm Marja. I'm Angela. We, we out! out.